After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is Walter Dodds, retired CEO of First Hawaiian Bank. Mr. Dodds is the first chairman of the board for Bank West Corporation and First Hawaiian Bank. He is also vice chairman of the board for Bank of the West and a Damon Estate trustee. Mr. Dodds serves on the boards of numerous other businesses and charitable organizations. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Walter Dodds. Welcome to our show, Walter. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So how did you get started in the banking industry? Well, I started off out of high school as an office boy at First Insurance Company, which was located right about where we're sitting today. And I worked my way up through the insurance route and then ended up at Dillingham Corporation, which built the Alamoana Shopping Center. And one day I saw, the, saw an ad in the Wall Street Journal advertising for a young marketing person at First National Bank of Hawaii, and I applied for the job and got the job and started at the bottom at First National Bank, which became First Hawaiian Bank. In a marketing position? Yes. That was your major in college? No, I went to University of Hawaii all at nights. So I started as a mailboy and just took whatever courses I could get at night to get my degree. Finally got one in business, but more majoring in personnel and industrial relations. So I learned marketing on the job the hard way. So what type of marketing was it then? Was it uh, print ads and, and advertising? Well, it started off when I went to... Dillingham Corporation. I had been involved very early on in community affairs and I very much loved working with community organizations and that's how I got the job at Dillingham Corporation. Six months after I started there, the PR and advertising person left the company and they put me in charge of advertising. I had absolutely no background whatsoever. And the next day I was doing advertising campaigns to sell 1350 Alamoana Arcadia, phase two of the Alamoana Shopping Center. It was a wonderful experience for me. I learned a lot. Was it tough in that situation? Were you worried at all? I w my whole life, I've been always one to take on challenges a lot larger than I was. And I guess, had I known what I was going to get into, like many other things in my career, I never would have tried it. I would have been scared to death. But I was young and dumb and willing to work hard. And so I just took them on, never knew that I wasn't supposed to be able to accomplish those things. Was somebody mentoring you at that time? Throughout my entire career, I've always been lucky to have mentors at various stages. Even when I was an office boy at First Insurance, one of the old-time insurance agents uh, took a liking to me and forced me to get involved in community service. So through my whole entire career, at one time or another, somebody mentored me along the way. So even early in your career, you did a lot of community service uh, endeavors? Yes. I, uh, As I said, I came right out of high school. I, my passion in life were heart rods. I never thought I'd ever amount to anything. I just wanted to drag race. And all my money went for gasoline for my hot rods. And one of the insurance agencies I mentioned earlier before said, uh, 
you need to make something of your life. You just can't be racing cars, so I'm going to force you to go to a JC's meeting. I didn't know what the JC's were. I had no interest whatsoever in them, but he forced me to go. And that JC experience, and they were heavily involved in community uh, in, uh, involvement, and that sort of has been a pattern of my entire career after that, understanding that if you work in a community, you derive your profits from the community, you have to give back to the community, and it's been a lifelong philosophy since those early days. So where did you go after the marketing position? Did you enter into the banking side? Yes, when I applied for the job, uh, I was criticized even then because they said, hey, you don't know anything about banking. How can you help us? And I said, well, most people in the community don't know anything about banking either. I think I can try to interpret what you crazies do and see if I can make the public understand it. So I did get the job, but obviously when you go into a company like that, if you're going to run an ad or write a press release or, or produce an annual report, you're going to have to learn the business. So I started learning the business, and then I ended up heading up the research department. Then I took on consumer loans, which I knew nothing about, then wholesale loans, then the entire general bank, all the branches, then operations, then computer data systems, trust. Uh, ultimately, I ran almost every department or responsible for every department in the bank, and then you know, ultimately ended up running the bank for 16 years. So literally, you did work yourself from the bottom up. Yes, I did, and I loved it. Was that part of your aspirations when you started? No, when I got out of high school, I thought if I could ever make $10,000 a year, that would be the ultimate experience for me. I had no big goals, no big dreams early on. Uh, obviously, along the way, I developed some of those things, but I, I wasn't one of those predestined to be someone. So where did it come from then? How did how does this come about if if you're not planning it you you're not you're obviously shooting for something but yeah, that's a very good question life is very interesting i got involved in a community first and I, and i found that um all these people that i admired and looked at uh, there were some really fine people but i found when i got heavily involved that i felt i could do as well and i i found out they were human just like the rest of us and that if you really put a lot of hard work into things you could go a lot further than one would imagine. And so I just went in and said, hey, I can do this. <laughs> and I did it. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Walter Dodd, retired CEO of First Hawaiian Bank and current chairman of the board for Bankwest Corporation and First Hawaiian Bank. Mr. Dodds has also been awarded in his career several titles such as Outstanding Young Man of America from Hawaii, St. Louis High School's Outstanding Alumnus Award, and Hawaii's Distinguished Citizen by Boy Scouts of America. 
So, Mr. Dodge, you started off in marketing. A lot of people that are leading banks start off in finance. Do you think that starting off in marketing was an advantage? Yeah, I do. Um, in the entire country, there are at the time around 11,000 banks. And um, of the top 100 banks, which we became, there were only two marketing types. The rest were all financial, either uh, lenders or, or, or financial types running the banks. Um, but the world was starting to change, and, and people wanted more open communications. Uh, they wanted more transparency. They wanted to understand products better. So um, having a marketing background was helpful, but you did need to learn the business. And although I, I tease myself and say uh, I'm a marketing person, I ultimately learned the business pretty well. One of my great uh, uh, points of pride to this day is I was the uh, creator of the bank that says yes, my first advertising campaign at the bank in 1969. Wow. So as a member of this community, born and raised here, went to school here, what's your perspective on people saying that hey, if you want to really make it big, you need to go to the mainland? Well, um, I obviously don't believe that, although I do believe a mainland experience is wonderful. And I think the parents in Hawaii who can afford to send their children away should for some point, whether it be college or after college or whatever, because I think that's a, a wonderful experience to have, but you can do it without it, and it shouldn't stand in your way. Hard work, a good attitude, working with others, teamwork, a lot of other things come into play. My dad was born on the Big Island in Kohala, uh, but his father died young, so he went from a, uh, working on the sugar plantation one day to an orphanage in Hilo the next, and grew up and graduated from Hilo High School after going through an orphanage. Uh, I was the oldest of seven kids. We had nothing, but we had uh, a family of, of love. And even at that point, my dad uh, believed that we needed to give back to the community. So I never felt that you couldn't make it just by being local. So what was the most important things that you learned from your father as you're growing up that helped you in your business career today? I learned that um, compassion, uh, uh, love, uh, teamwork were very, very important. So loyalty and integrity right up at the top. Uh, my father, getting out of the orphanage, came to Honolulu, was a police sergeant for about 40 years. And I've talked to many people, even up to today, and they tell me, I remember your dad, his handshake was good, and he always was a man of his word, and he, and he loved what he was doing, he loved the community. And uh, you learn those things early in life, and especially... When you give your word, it's got to count for something. And in banking, of course, and, and, and when you ultimately ended up heading the largest company in Hawaii, people, uh, it means a lot that your word is good. Where was your first CEO position? My first CEO position was at the bank. I, as I said, I started as an office boy, worked up, but uh, that was my first CEO position. And I was uh, blessed to take the bank from a $3 billion bank to now our entire combined holding company is 65 billion. It's in the top 15 in, in America, largest uh, Hawaii bank and the largest and most profitable company in Hawaii. So knowing where you started when they offered you that CEO position, what was your reaction? Well, early on, of course, I never thought I'd ever get to that level, but by the time it happened, I think I was fairly ready for it. Although my one of my mentors and the CEO at the time Johnny Bellinger was also a local boy who had a high school uh, education at Roosevelt High School. I was lucky I went to St. Louis. <laughs> have to get that plug in. Um, he died suddenly of a stroke, and that was a little traumatic, and I wish I would have had a little more time to prepare for the job, so I wouldn't say I was totally ready, 
But again, throughout my whole career, I always felt like running scared and taking a job just a little bit above where you think you're going to be would work, and, and it did work. The first year was a pretty brutal year, but it, the, it worked out. The team rallied around. Uh, we had a wonderful team and still have a wonderful team, and it, the rest is history. So how does that work then? If he, he had already designated that you would be the next CEO and then you are being groomed? Well, I had become president about five years early. I wasn't designated as the next CEO per se, but I was the number two man in the, in the bank and the uh, most logical person to take the job. But the board of directors still had to decide whether they wanted me or not, and they, and they did choose me. So, you know, you were working your way up from the bottom up, like you had mentioned, and you didn't have all those big goals that you had aspired about, or you didn't say you didn't. Um, at the same time, you kept hitting these high positions. When you were taking on these leadership positions, did you feel that you possessed these you know, leadership type of traits? Well, um, people tell me I do, but I never felt that way. I just wanted to accomplish something, and I found that if you worked with others, it's amazing what you can get done if you don't want to take the credit for it. And, and I just put teams together along the way. I always try to find the smartest people. Never, ever was afraid of finding people smarter than myself. I worked at getting the smartest, brightest, hardest working people. And along the way, I found uh, a lot of things, and I learned a lot. Number one, you don't have to be the smartest. I'll take a team player over a superstar any time. And through my entire career, I took that kind of approach. And when people know that the team comes first and you're going to take care of your team, the miracles come every day. You know, it also takes a certain type of leader to attract these type of smarter and better people. What do you think um, is necessary to attract these good people? Well, you got to start off by being a listener. You got to be willing to listen, and you got to be willing to accept other people's ideas. Sometimes, even if you in your heart know that your idea may be better, because if you always do it your way with your idea, you're never going to develop a team, and you're never going to grow an organization. Uh, um, you have to have mutual respect. Uh, they have to feel like their ideas are being listened to and that they have a chance to make something happen. And once once they buy into where you want to go and they know that they're part of that team, magic things happen. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Walter Dodds, retired chairman of the board for Bankwest Corporation and First Hawaiian Bank. So before break, Walter, we were talking about building your team and, you know, listening to their ideas. At any time, if you feel that the person may not have as good of an idea as yours, do you go against it or do you just listen and say yes and take it into consideration? No, I, I'm one that believes in 
participatory democracy. At some point, I'll make the hard decisions if I have to make them. But short of that, I love good, open dialogue. I love argument. I like the group to uh, put it around the table and throw it up against the wall, see if it'll stick or not. So I'm not one to say, no, that's not the way to go. I've never been that way. Ultimately, we have to march down the same line. But I found over the years, if you get a good group together, you end up with a better idea coming out of it over time. Uh, it has to be massaged a little bit sometimes, sometimes quickly, sometimes a little longer. But ultimately, everybody starts to see the direction it's going to go, and, and that's a better way to make it happen. You know, for the community-type events, your involvement is massive. I mean, you've been at leadership positions of just about every major nonprofit organization in town. How do you determine which ones you're going to get involved with? How do you determine the amount of time you're going to spend and, and how much resources you're going to spend toward that? How did you determine that? Well, that's one that I've not done a very good job at. I have a hard time saying no. I've been involved in community affairs my whole life. I love it. Sometimes I spend 40 hours a week doing it, so it's not been easy, not been easy in the family, and so I'm not one to give you really good advice in that, although I tend to get involved in things that I like, um, and I'm, I, although I you know, have been involved in some art and culture kinds of organizations, I prefer the social services side because I came up from you know, from the streets. Wait, so you spend 40 hours doing community work and then also your time at the bank? Yes, during my career. I worked long hours every day, weekends, got very, very involved in the community. But a funny thing happens, and I tell all of our employees, if you want to make it at First Hawaiian, you have to go up two tracks at the same time, your business track and your community service track. We're not interested in people that are just one or the other. There's room for them, but if you want to make it to the top or high up in the organization, you've got to go down two tracks. And amazing things happen. If you spend time in the community with pure thoughts of helping the community, believe it or not, your business will be benefit dramatically by it. Can you expand more on that? How do you feel that, or how have you seen working with the community and you know being involved in business, how did that help both well, I, I watch a lot of young execs that I uh, mentored over the years, and I, I'm mentoring now people in the community that have asked me for help on a volunteer basis. And what I have found is if you only go up the company track, you just learn about your company. You don't develop a network. You don't see the greater community. You don't know what's happening. But if you go up the other track, you become instantly, because the community badly needs leadership, before you know it, you're a director of some organization, you're a vice president, and then you're the president of some little community organization. And you develop leadership qualities because it's much harder to uh, to motivate volunteers than it is an employee who you can threaten with a no raise or fire. But when you get into community service, you got to lead by example and you got to make sure the troop follows the way you're going. And so the executives that take that community service seriously become so much better executives within the bank. It's amazing. So you think that they should take the time to get involved in their community. What about the younger people that are so focused on their um, businesses or their companies because they do want to make it to the top? When should they make the time? Well, you have to make the time. Of course, you have to balance things off, and we can talk about that a little later. But uh, it's time well spent. And now I particularly sympathize small business people who have to be their own accounting departments, their own personnel departments, their sales department, and clean the bathrooms and everything else. So I understand it's a little harder. 
but you should still stake out some time. Maybe it's 10% and not 50%, but you should find a way to get involved because it's going to help your business. You're going to meet a lot of people that will be lifelong friends. It just pays off, and I've seen it time and time and time again in my own organization. So total hours between business-type work and community-type work, what was your average hours per week? Well, I've never added it up, but just figure out that I started at work at 7 in the morning, and I'd probably end up going to a, a, a meeting almost every evening. I try to keep Sundays Sundays alone, but uh, I was involved, uh, you know, 12 to 15 hours a day for many, many, many years. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Hawaiian time, Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites, For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Walter Dodge, retired CEO of First Hawaiian Bank and the current chairman of the board for Bank West Corporation and First Hawaiian Bank. So I know that you've done many, many types of charitable types of work. Are there any examples or stories that maybe you can share of how when you helped even in in the charity, then for some reason or another, maybe indirectly, the business seemed to expand. Yeah, there have been many drives I've been involved in. I was uh, fortunate enough to be the chairman who built the new blood bank. Uh, we built the um, Mamiya Theater on St. Louis campus. Uh, we've done the new building at Palama Settlement. And people that I got involved in those campaigns ended up becoming friends and ended up transferring their business to the bank, uh, sometimes in the millions and millions of dollars, unsolicited, but because they saw the dedication of my people and myself to community service, we ended up uh, making the bank uh, richer for it as well. So do you think that you could actually spend almost all of your time in the community and then your business would still improve? No. You, you, business is very important. Uh, don't lose sight. There are occasions over the years where I saw a person get so caught up in it that they let their business go down the tubes. You can't do that. You have to have a balance, and you have to understand 
There, there are times when you can spend more time at something when your organization is at the right maturity and you have a good management team to run it, and then the management wants to share you with a, a larger community. And there are other times when you have to focus. I'm going a complete circle, as you know. Now I'm going the opposite way. I've always wanted to get involved in small business, and my son and I have just bought Easy Music Company a few months ago. So um, we're there, and I asked my son what role I could play, and he says, well, Dad, I'll be chairman, president, vice president, and treasurer, and you can be assistant secretary. So I'm assistant secretary of Easy Music, and he's allowed me to wash the windows, and I'm working my way up to the sales floor. Maybe he'll let me sell a guitar or two along the way. Well, let's talk about that. What is it like working with your son? I love it. Uh, um, I love. I have four children, three sons and a daughter. My youngest is a senior at SC this year. My my third son was an investment banker on Wall Street, uh, um, and he unfortunately was there at 911 coming out of the uh, subway station onto the World Trade Center property when the building was on fire. He thought it was a fire. He ran toward the second building when the plane hit the second building. Make a long story short, he had a pretty tough time, and after that he wanted to come back home, uh, uh, had had it with New York, and he did come back home and wanted to drop out of business for a while, so he taught school for three years. He taught economics and Hawaiian history. And then this past summer, he said he wanted to get back into the community and uh, start a small business. So we talked about it. He ended up starting this business, and we have a great time. At night, he comes home, talks about what happened during the day, and we chat. Sometimes I can help him. Sometimes he thinks I'm full of it. But uh, we're very much enjoying the experience together. So what did that Learning, what, what kind of learning experience did you get out of that, having your son right in the thick of 911 and things could have actually gone the wrong way? Yeah, it was a close call. We didn't know for eight hours or so what had happened to him. Of course, you learn never, never to take for even one day for granted your family and love and uh, to spend time with them and to talk to them. I talk to my four kids Virtually every day we call each other, even if it's for one minute on a cell phone, we're always talking. Uh, last night, talked to my daughter uh, about the Super Bowl coming up at that time, and uh, we had a, a great chat about that. But we're always talking and communicating, and I, I didn't spend much time talking about that in business, but communication is the other big thing, being able to talk all the time. There's no such thing in business as over-communication. Every week at the bank, I had the senior management team weekly meet, but on a Friday morning we had the top 50 people and we'd go around the table talking, not to make any major decisions, but so that everybody in the bank knew what everybody else in the bank was working on. And that's where I believe communication plays a major role. And when you do that, everybody feels like they're part of the team and it's not some secret little society going on and it uh, does wonderful things. Sorry to wander off. No, but when when you do that, we'll we'll stay on that subject. When you do that, are you finding that people start to cooperate more or become more accountable? Absolutely, uh, both, um, and they also see what other people are doing and what they can learn from. Uh, it's it's very very interesting. And after a while, as a manager, you see who contributes and who doesn't contribute. And I used to say uh, from time to time, you know, if you're not willing to contribute, don't come to the meetings because we we want to learn from each other. We're not we're not passing grades or scores or criticizing. But we can't help you if we don't know what the problems are. Uh, and so I find that that, that is so important. And I, if, if I've learned anything in my entire career, it's that you know, there's no such thing as over-communication. So is that to just keep people, some people were feeling shame to say something, or they just don't yeah. want to talk? Or how can you be in a leadership position and not express yourself? I think you bring a very important point up, and one that I, I talk about a lot, and that's, uh, um, quote, unquote, the local culture. 
and people hear me talking about local, local this and local that, let me make it very clear what I mean by local. By local, I mean understanding the host culture and respecting the host culture. You can be from anywhere and be local. But one of the bad parts about being local and having been brought up local is that we were taught in school, at least our generation, that to, to raise your hand in front of the class and to speak out was to make A. You didn't do that. You, you stayed in the background. You didn't want to show off because that was a bad quality. That's the way we were brought up. That really hurts local kids in, in business and in society. You have to speak up. You have to communicate. And I work all the time at uh, doing this uh, with especially locals who haven't learned. On the mainland, you know, the young kids read the New York Times at the breakfast table. <laughs> the Hawaii kids do not. And so they are at a disadvantage. And so that's something that I work on and we'll work on to the day I die, trying to get people to understand there's no embarrassment in communicating and, and passing your thoughts on. So I, I, I'm very proud that our, our company, uh, uh, the entire management team, is either from here or came here, loved it, adopted our cultures, and, and continued on. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.